Today we come to celebrate uh, Easter, one of my favorite days of the year. Um, it is my hope that our conversation this morning with the scriptures uh, that were lifted up from Matthew chapter 28 would give you hope, uh, dispel fear, and know with deep assurance that you will leave from this place knowing that the risen Christ goes before you. This past week, uh, we've been journeying with Jesus. We started on Palm Sunday where Jesus was greeted uh, with crowds of people who were adoring him and yelling and screaming, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Son of David, save us, is what they declared. And last Thursday, we gathered together as we celebrated the Passover where we Remember the night that Jesus was betrayed. <clears throat> and on Good Friday, we paused to remember the sacrifice that Christ made for us. So this day, we gather to celebrate Easter. Will you pray with me? <clears throat> May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you, our God and King. There are several kinds of fear that grip us. Uh, there are fears that uh, individuals have uh, that are just afraid of different things. Uh, when our kids were little, uh, they would wake up in the middle of the night and they would scream. They would scream. They would sit in their beds or cribs and they would cry. And they were afraid of something. Uh, I try to, Kristen and I would like try to meet them and see them to figure out what was wrong and what they were afraid of. They couldn't quite tell us what they were afraid of. Maybe they were afraid of the dark. We try to comfort them, put them back to bed, and we would try to go back to sleep because we had to go to work the next day. They didn't, you know? So that was our, that was our cycle, right? Like, you know, when many parents, uh, uh, you, can, you can relate to that. But there are other kinds of fears as well, and I want to share this story with you. My wife, Kristen, she works in Coatesville, so usually most days she's out of the house even before our kids are awake. And so this day was like any other day, you know. I got up, um, I was trying to get the kids ready, and um, I walked into the boys' room. The boys sleep in a bunk bed, Elijah's on top, Josiah's in the bottom. We have two other daughters as well, they have, each have their own room. So we walked in, and Josiah was not in his bed. And I thought, oh, that's odd and strange. So... I thought maybe he like snuck into our room and he's sleeping on our floor. Sometimes they tend to do that. So I went back to our room and I was looking around and he wasn't there. I was like, that's really odd. I thought maybe he snuck into his sister's rooms. So I gently looked around and he wasn't there. And at that moment, my blood pressure was slowly going up a little bit. Till then I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. And then it occurred to me, I've been upstairs. Maybe he's downstairs. Maybe he got up early and went downstairs. I ran quickly downstairs, and the entire downstairs is still dark. There's nothing, no lights on, and he wasn't in any of the rooms. And at this point, my blood pressure is up, and I am scared because I can't find my youngest boy. And I don't know why I did this. It felt like 10 hours or so trying to figure out where he was. And as this was happening, there were thoughts that were rummaging in my own head. And most of them were not good thoughts. 
So I ran back upstairs, and I don't know why. I thought, let me just wake up Elijah and find out what's happening. So frantically, here I am upstairs, shaking my son, Elijah, to wake up. And as I was doing that, my hand slips, and it touches another arm that's next to him. <laughs> and here he had snuggled up in his, next to his brother, nice and comfy, not worried at all, happy as can be. Oh, those five minutes or felt like 20 hours or I don't even know how fast or I was terrified. I was terrified. I'm sure you've experienced those moments of complete fear in your life. You know, fear where you're, when you think about that fear, your blood pressure rises even as you're thinking about it. And for the majority of us, if you were to tell a story, what I told just now, I'm sure you'll be able to tell exactly where you were, what you were doing in that moment when fear gripped your heart. What you were wearing, what happened, all the details. And even as you're telling or retelling that story, you can clearly see that your blood pressure is going up as you're reliving the story of fear. Fear can be real and scary. What the, what the women at the cross, what they feared, became a reality. The women at the foot of the, foot of the cross, when Jesus was crucified, they were, there was Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, John, the beloved disciple, and a few others were present. And they heard the words of Jesus on Good Friday, they heard those words, it is finished. It is finished. There he said it. It is finished. And Jesus breathed his last. And those who were closest to Jesus witnessed his death. His current reality had completely changed. The dreams of a mother that day were no longer present. A mom could not talk to her son. Mary, the mother of Jesus, could not speak to his son. Mary Magdalene, who was shunned by everybody in her community, who was treated as a sinner. But Jesus saw her differently. Jesus saw her as a beloved daughter of God who loved her, who saw her as created in God's image. That's how Jesus saw her. And that friend no longer was there for Mary Magdalene. And John, the beloved disciple, he loved his best friend. Jesus said that he loved him. They were best friends and no longer did John, the disciple, have his best friend around. Imagine what might have taken place when Jesus was being buried. His friends and a few women at the cross, how they came and laid him in the tomb. And then, after they buried him, they would have gone back to their respective homes in Jerusalem. Thinking about what all took place over the past 24 hours. The Passover in the upper room. The betrayal by one of Jesus' good friends in the garden, the arrest and the trial that proceeded.
and the crucifixion. Imagine the fear and grief that would have caught these individuals. We read in the Gospel of Matthew, then when Jesus breathed his last and said, it is finished, there was an earthquake where the earth beneath their feet trembled as Jesus breathed his last. Imagine the fear that that event would have caused in the lives of those who were right present at the foot of the cross. The fear of the unknown, fear of not knowing what Sabbath would bring for them. Fear of not knowing what the day after the Sabbath would bring. See, that is the reality that the women were experiencing as they were walking towards the tomb on the first day of the week. This morning, we pause to reread these words from Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the mother of Jesus went to see the tomb. Friends, they were walking from their homes to the tomb. The tomb where Jesus was buried was close to where Jesus was crucified. Imagine their grief as they walked towards the tomb. They would have been retracking their steps that Jesus took a few days before. They would have walked past Jesus' cross where he was nailed. I wonder if they stopped for a moment there. To remember Jesus' last breath. I wonder as they were walking from the cross over to the tomb. If the women said to one another. Remember when Jesus could not carry his cross. Simon from Cyrene. This foreigner had to come and help Jesus carry his own cross. I wonder what those conversations were all about. As they approached the tomb. And when they got to the tomb where Jesus was buried, another earthquake takes place. Another reminder of what took place on Good Friday. They would have been terrified that Sunday morning. On Good Friday, there was an earthquake. And now, and another one this morning, this Sunday morning. I wonder if they said, what is happening? Is the world coming to an end? They would have been terrified because they would have relived the moment when Jesus breathed his last breath. They did not imagine this for their friend, for their friend Jesus and Lord to be betrayed by one of their own. They did not imagine that Jesus would be handed over to Pilate by the chief priest and the elders in Jerusalem to be executed as a criminal. And they definitely did not imagine or think there might be an earthquake it's Easter morning. Another reminder of all that took place on Good Friday. Fear gripped the hearts of these women. And when the earth shook beneath them, there was a huge noise. And this is what we read. Then an angel appeared to the woman at the tomb. The angel rolls the stone away that was present in front of the tomb. The reason the angel is rolling the stone away is not for Jesus to walk out of the tomb. Jesus is already alive. 
The reason for the angel to do this so that he can show the women that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. That he is alive. Jesus is not in the grave. Amen? Amen. When I read this story about what the angel did, showing up full and white, the earth shaking, rolling the stone away, and sitting down and trying to talk to Jesus, talk to these women. Honestly, I think it's a little dramatic, don't you think? Yes? The answer is yes, by the way. Thank you. Yes, it is a little dramatic. You know, you could have done it differently, but this was a little dramatic. And the more I think about why it was dramatic, I say, why not? Right? This is the most significant historical event that take, took place. So why not? Why not make a big entrance, roll the tombstone, sit down in authority, and talk to the women who were there? All this took place. As all this was taking place, as the angels stood there, about to talk to the women. I want to talk about the Roman soldiers who were there. In the Gospel of Matthew, we read that they were Roman soldiers who were placed in front of the tomb to guard the tomb. These Roman soldiers did not know what to expect after crucifixion. They were prepared just in case something would happen after the Passover. But these Roman soldiers who were guarding the tomb, they were feared by everyone around. These Roman soldiers were brutal in how they treated those who opposed the Roman emperor or the Roman kingdom. They were known for their brutality. And these Roman soldiers, on Easter morning, we read that they were, they fell to the ground and they were laying down as dead men. They were powerless. The power of Easter, friends, I want to remind you, the power of Easter is this. Friends, those whom the world thinks is in power is no longer in power. That is the power of Easter. Easter Sunday, we celebrate the reversal of things. Those in power are no longer in power. These Roman soldiers who were feared by many are struck down and they lay there powerless as dead men as the angel speaks to the women who were there. The first message of Easter from the angel to these women is this. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Whatever you're going through, if fear has gripped your hearts for the past two days, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid if you felt like the Romans had control over your life and they took the life of your friend. Do not be afraid. Look at the Roman soldiers who are on the floor as dead men. Do not be afraid. Friends, this is the message of Easter for each one of us this morning. What scares you this morning? Is it your health? Is it your future? Is it your family situation? Whatever. What is keeping you up at night? What is worrying you today? Is it your finances? Your marriage? Your kids? 
what grips your heart with worry? And hear the Easter message. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That is the first message of Easter that we learn from Matthew chapter 28. The second message of Easter is this. is a conversation that angel has with these women. The angel instructs the two Marys to go and tell the disciples as to what they had witnessed. They're supposed to go and tell the apostles that Jesus is risen, that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. They had to run and tell them to the disciples who were grief-stricken and who themselves were afraid. They were so scared that they locked themselves up in a room. That is what they were doing, right? An easy task for these two women to run and tell the disciples. Thomas Long, a biblical scholar, in my opinion, one of the best preachers in America, in the, in the contemporary world. He says this about Easter. Easter, he says, the best news about Easter is Christ has risen. We all would agree with that. And then he goes on to say, the worst news about Easter is Christ is risen, and you and I are called to tell others this good news. We're supposed to go and tell others this good news. But first, let me explain to you what it means to say that Christ is risen. I want to borrow the words from Paul, Apostle Paul, who was writing to the church of Corinth. And this is what he pens down in chapters 15. And this is what Easter means. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death does not have power over us because we believe in the resurrection. Nothing, I mean nothing, can reign over us. Christ has defeated death itself. As Christians, we are given victory over death. Friends, many of you have heard this old idiom. It goes something like this. No one can escape death and taxes. You've heard that? Yes? If you are a Christian and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, only half of that statement is true. Because you all still need to pay taxes. April 15th is around the corner. I'm just saying, just a gentle reminder, a public service announcement. <laughs> Christ has defeated death itself. We don't have to worry about death. Friends, this means the worst thing is never the last thing. You've heard me say this several times. No matter what, the worst thing is never the last thing. No matter what you're experiencing right now, it is not the last thing. The worst thing in life is never going to be the last thing that you will experience. The risen Christ will redeem it for you and will change things for you. Friends, this is the reality of the message of Easter. The good news is that we are always going to win. 
We will win in the end, no matter what the situation is, either in this life or in the life to come. So do not be afraid of the unknown. Do not be scared thinking that something has power over you. Do not worry because the worst thing is never the last thing. The worst thing is never the last thing. And we are called, you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, are called to share this message to a world that is cynical and skeptical. We are called to go and tell people, much like the women at the tomb were commanded by the angel, to go and tell the disciples that Christ has risen. If someone at your work this tomorrow says, hey, how was your Easter break? Maybe you can say, well, I went to church and the pastor said, because of Easter, I don't have to be afraid. It is as simple as that. The risen Christ will make things better for me. And that gave me comfort. Or maybe you can say, I went to Easter and the pastor said, the worst thing is never the last thing. Because of the risen Christ, he is going to make all things right. That's it. That is what we are called to do. We are called to tell others about the Easter message, much like the women were commanded by the angel. And in closing, I want to share these words with you. So the women hear from the angel, and this is what they start to do. Verse 8. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and with great joy. They reigned to tell the disciples. They were doing what the angel was telling them to do. And verse 9, suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took a hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and they will see me. These women who started to head to tell the disciples encounter the risen Christ and they worship him. They worship the risen Christ. They experience the risen Christ for themselves. And hear what Jesus wants the disciples to know. He wants them to not be afraid. That's the Easter message. But Jesus adds something to that. Verse 10. Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. See, the risen Christ is going ahead into Galilee and there they will see him. Here is the beauty and the encouragement that we get from the risen Christ. He goes before you. No matter what you're experiencing right now, Jesus Christ goes before you. Friends, you might have been entering this worship service with the fear of the unknown. Fear of what might come in the future. Fear about your health. Fear about anything else. About all the unknowns that surround you. This morning, hear these words. Do not be afraid. And the risen Christ goes before you. The risen Christ goes before you. He is making the way ahead of you. He is preparing the way for you. Here is the challenge of Easter. 
Are you willing to travel to Galilee like the disciples were told? Are you willing to journey into the unknown that surrounds you with confidence, knowing that the risen Christ walks ahead of you? The Christ who defeated death goes before you. The Christ who reminds you, do not be afraid, walks ahead of you. Friends, may you hear these words and be lifted up in your spirit, knowing whatever worry is holding you back, whatever the unknowns that surround you, that Christ goes before you. May you find strength and courage that the risen Christ goes before you. Let us pray. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you that you have defeated death itself. God, we ask that you would go before us. That you would go before all our unknowns. And God, give us the strength to walk towards Galilee. Knowing that you're going ahead of us. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.